Welcome back to Becoming Byzantine. Today we're going to continue looking at the faith of the church and more specifically to understand this concept of holy tradition. Now, in order to understand holy tradition properly, we have to simply go back to what we looked at last time, namely the fact that God creates the world and desires to reveal himself to the world because, and especially because he wants the world, his creation, to enter into communion with himself. So he offers his life, namely the fact that he exists and that we came from nothing. Our life is completely dependent upon him. He offers that life to us. And most especially at, at the fullness of his revelation, the incarnation of his son, who founded the church. So that life which he desires for us, a life of communion with him, is found especially and preeminently in and through the church. Okay, So the, the end of creation is for us to re-enter into communion with him in and through the church which he has founded and the entire mystery that he communicates to us is included in in that notion of holy tradition it's the 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 truth of the matter given to us handed to us in every generation yeah. so the catechism defines it very simply the essence of Holy Trinity is when we share in the one and the same faith uh, by which we partake in God's life. So when we think of the word tradition, we think of traditions with a small t, where we are merely looking at um, uh, you know, customs that we hand on from one generation to the next. And certainly that that is a part of that, and it is a very important part of that. But Holy, tra holy Tradition as a concept is the one and same reality as a whole that's handed down to us, which is intended to make us partake in the life that we've been given by God, to enter into the communion with God that he intended for us when he created us. So that was the mission of Christ, uh, and especially in his revelation to his apostles. So he called the apostles and his task was to re-establish uh, the communion between God and humanity that had been lost through our sin, as, as we'll see when we look more at the fall. And he entrusted to the apostles, to the church as a whole, but specifically to the apostles that he called uh, and, and to their successors, he entrusts that revelation, that truth, that fact of the matter to them. And the apostolic mission is to preach it as well as to interpret it. So not only do the apostles preach this, the message, but the church is, is and their successors, the, their successors in the church are those who are called also to preach it, but to receive it and to interpret it. And therefore, God is continually present with us, leading us into the same truth, the one truth. And that's where the Holy Spirit comes in, the third person of the Blessed Trinity, who leads us into all truth. So Christ chooses his apostles and sends them to preach the world, to preach the word. And they witness to him not only with, by their preaching, but also by their lives. And those apostles transmit that same gospel, that same truth, to their own uh, successors, 
the and that's so their successes in the church that continue the one and the same gospel now when the church calls us to be faithful to the gospel it's calling us to be faithful to the teachings of the apostles because those teachings were given to them by christ and that's why holy tradition is something that is unchangeable when we are when we're faithful to holy tradition we're faithful to christ because christ is the one that gave us uh, these truths and we aren't simply inventing or reinventing them we are faithfully following christ from one generation to the next now especially as byzantine christians we really manifest this in in the unbroken continuity within our tradition which is obvious in our liturgical life so our liturgies reflect uh, that ancient truth which is handed on uh, it's reflected in the teachings of the holy fathers so the those early saints that unfolded the teaching of the apostles unpacked them uh, and and handed them on to us with greater depth and our our love for the holy fathers deference to the holy fathers um, is is yet another way in which we honor the fact that that tradition is something that is supposed to be unbroken that it's supposed to be held intact and handed on to the next generation because the holy spirit is with us and guarantees that truth in us and so as a church we are concerned really with safeguarding the apostolic teaching we are concerned with safeguarding the heritage of the holy fathers uh, because it is not our property it is something that was given to us handed on to us that's, that's the very meaning of the word tradition it's handed on to us by the lord himself uh, and and that unbroken tradition is supposed to be given from one generation to the next now the tradition is not something that's merely dead it's not something that belongs in a museum uh, it's it's something that's living it's something that's intended to bring us the life that god wants for us and it's intended to bring us into communion with him and so as the catechism points out when we celebrate that tradition when we live that tradition it's a foretaste of the kingdom of god of the coming kingdom of god um where when we are called not merely to exist but to encounter god to be in union with him our at the meaning of who we are of who god intended us to be is to to be in communion with him and so holy tradition is not something that just belongs in museum so, you know as i said earlier it it includes customs but it's something much deeper than that it's it's learning to live the way that god wants us to live and it it foreshadows the the union with god that that he intends for us in the age to come okay so that's why he made us uh, and so we we latch onto this tradition because the meaning of our very existence is is in it is in it now uh tradition is handed on to us really in in two ways and the catechism actually uh, says this quite well on the basis of the holy scriptures the church establishes the truth of oral tradition which in turn interprets and explains the holy scriptures so there are you know there's almost like one source but there are two streams now on the in the, the one stream is the holy scriptures 
which we'll, we'll see more about how the church understands Holy Scriptures. But the Holy Scriptures are the word of God, which established the oral tradition. So um, I read uh, the Holy Scriptures, I read the Gospels, I read the, the, the inspired word of God. And what I teach must be what is in the Holy Scriptures. However, it also works in reverse, that the oral tradition which, uh, which was given caused the Holy Scriptures to be written. So Christ gives his teaching to the apostles, and they in turn to their successors. And then as that, as that tradition is being given down, is being given, they are writing down their faith. So the oral tradition um, determines what's written because it's given by Christ. But then the, what is written forms the basis for what we teach orally going forward. So it, it's, a, it's a really delicate balance there. The source, the fount, the, the, the font is one and the same, but the streams are two and they're complementary one with another. Eventually, as the centuries roll by and the written and the oral tradition are being proclaimed, repeated, and enriching one another, then the holy men, as well as the holy women, who are living uh, those teachings, internalizing those teachings, living those teachings, and living a holy life, write down their reflections and hand them on. Uh, the, that's what we call the holy fathers. And the holy fathers are very, very important for us, particularly as Byzantine Christians, because those are some of the earliest witnesses to the truths of, of God's teaching and the gospel being coming alive and being understood uh, more and more deeply as the centuries go along. So you have this, this, this kernel of truth, this seed, uh, which eventually blossoms into uh, a magnificent flower, uh, which uh, gives greater knowledge, greater depth, greater color to the teachings of, of God, to the gospel. So the fullness of revelation is found in Christ. So the, the, there can't be any addition to what Christ taught. However, the catechism says what happens is just in the natural course of history, the church progressively uncovers the depths of this revelation. So it's not adding anything onto the revelation. It's uncovering the, how deep that revelation is. Because it, if you think about it, you know, God is infinite. His teaching, therefore, must be infinite. And so we could never exhaust the, the, the truths of his teaching. But what we can do is we can come to understand them more and more deeply, simply similar to, to how someone is in relationship with another. The person is the same, but the person's inner life, and the, person, the person's way of thinking or, 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 or feeling can be understood more and more, the more that we are in relationship with the person. And it's the same with the faith in an, in an analogous way. The, the church fathers deepen their understanding of the apostolic tradition of the teaching of Christ. And eventually what happens is that becomes codified, written, explained, and taught even definitively. 
especially in what's called the ecumenical councils. So what happens is that the, the, the fathers begin to have a consensus in terms of how they unpack that revelation. So, so uh, the fathers begin to, to, to inform one another, to speak of one mind, because again, it's a living, breathing organism, the church, it's, by the power of the Holy Spirit, is understanding the, the teachings of the gospel. And eventually, when they have to deal with questions or controversies or uh, denials, of, 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 of what we believed. They express these truths down in the dogmas, especially in the ecumenical councils. And that forms part of the living organism of the church, of the teachings of the church. So through the dogmas, the, the true uh, mysteries of the faith, the, the true tradition becomes even more strongly defended against erroneous interpretations. And it's because of the continued presence of God uh, and, and that, that those truths are present in the teaching of the church, in the apostolic succession of, of the, those who succeeded the apostles. And so we give thanks to God, not merely that he created us, but he continues to be with us, to teach us his ways. Now, the tradition is passed on uh, in human language. And so it's, it's inculturated, incarnated, if you will, in the various nations, in the diversity of their cultures. So it's one faith, it's one and the same tradition. It's just expressed in a diverse way. It's the result of evangelization. I take the truth and I explain it in the language of a specific group of people. And that's how they all share in the one faith, in the one holy tradition um, of the apostolic faith, uh, which is given to us by the apostles. And so each particular church, and here, of course, I'm referring to uh, local churches around the world. So the Byzantine tradition would form part of that. You know, we understand the one and same faith in accordance with uh, how it has been revealed to us, how it has encountered our ancestors and how those ancestors handed down those traditions to us in a smaller way you can see how this works in the family the faith is transmitted from parents to children in the family not just by their words but by their example so the parents are the catechists of the children they then uh, the children in turn then will hand on those teachings to their children and so in a smaller microcosmic way uh, what happens in the church in, in, a, in a greater way occurs also in nations and in families. And so this is how God in his wisdom determines to Christianize the world, to form the world. The faith is, is transmitted. It's transmitted from one generation to the next, and it has the guarantee that the Holy Spirit is with us and is leading us to truth. And then all of those nations find their culmination in the church. The church is, now I like to describe it as a family. It's a family of those who are equal and different. There is a great diversity in the church, but the one message of salvation is the same. Uh, it's the same from generation to generation, and it applies to everyone in the world. 
So we are thankful to God for his continued presence with us and his continued teaching. Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory forever.